Hey there, you're listening to On Record. Before I get into this episode, I'd like to mention a an up-and-coming podcast called The Real Peel Rosen Talk, which gives a student's perspective on life. And it's relatively new, just like mine, and I really enjoy it. And I'm going to put in the trailer for y'all to listen. And if y'all want to keep listening to this podcast, it's currently not available on Spotify, so I'll put in the link to Audrey, which is another website you can use to access it. But yeah, check out the Real Peel Rosen Talk if you want to, and I hope you do because it's a really cool podcast. It burned a record 47 million acres. So it, it also killed 34 people, and it was terrible. Uh, and we were like, and I'm, they're still like getting back from that. Hey guys, welcome back. So this week, we have, you know, just confirmed our new president, our former presidents launching attacks, the government's in the state of chaos, Nancy Pelosi's probably having the time of her life, and that's just America. And I have kind of been reflecting a little bit this week, which is not something I do a lot. I I kind of... Um, have a, not sometimes the smartest, but I kind of live by a policy that's like, hey, live in the moment, keep looking forward. And I realized that that's not always the healthiest thing to do. And as I was in my Zoom class this morning, I was like, wow, oh my God, 2020 is almost over. It's November. Uh, And so like, I kind of mark like times based off of events that are coming up so when my brother's birthday comes up I'm like okay the year's almost over it kind of just hits me you know um because my brother's birthday is in November and 2020 was supposed to be the year you know it was the start of a new decade it was going to be like just a new beginning you know and instead it's been I don't want to say like horrible and stuff because it it hasn't um but it's definitely been a roller coaster. And I, um, I should, now that I think about this, I should have probably been listening to my English teacher. He was telling us about this project we have. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do about that. I'll just add that onto my list of things to reflect on. But uh, I was like actually just wondering how could so much go wrong in, in a, such a short span of time? Um, I mean, I was an only child for eight years, and so I've always just talked to myself a lot. I still do, and it's, so I looked back, and I thought, hey, you know what will be kind of fun, and definitely more productive than doing my schoolwork? Going through what happened in this year, month by month, and giving my take on it, because I read somewhere that, you know, a lot of times, like, writing helps people, that's why a lot of people journal and stuff, it, like, releases pent-up emotion, but to me, I talk a ton. Not sure if maybe that's why I need to go and get little other social interaction, but I think that's kind of my way of releasing, you know, thoughts that I have out into the world, because once I've said it, it's been acknowledged, you know. So I'm going to go on a month-by-month basis, and so yeah, Uh, let's start off with January. So every year, we start off the new year, um, at this party at my best friend's house and we go there our friends are there our friends friends are there like it's great you know um 
So the new year always starts off at their house. And so I think that's a great way for me to start our new year because it's surrounded by friends and family. And I remember actually in 2019, like at the new year party, I was feeling really optimistic for some reason. I think it was because I was like going to start high school this year. And I was, I don't know. I think it was mostly the high school thing. I've always just been really excited about going to high school. We'll get to how that turned out. <laughs> anyway, so January, um, 2020 started. People were, were using their, because it was a natural disaster. People can't prevent that. It didn't happen because someone purposefully did that. Then, okay, so technically the COVID-19 pandemic started in November in China, but it really hit America at the end of February kind of leading into March. So actually, I was pretty lucky. I was able to have my birthday um, done with actually one of my friends. She, her birthday is in March. And like throughout spring break, we were like, oh, I hope we're like, because her mom was all, all like really on the fence about whether she wants to have people in close quarters at her house. And it ended up getting canceled, even though her birthday is like almost like only two weeks apart. So looking back at that, it was kind of just like a, whoa, like 14 days made such a huge difference on our country. But on March 11th, our country entered a national state of quarantining. And actually, I think our spring break began on March 11th. But at that point in Texas, it wasn't that big of a deal. Um, so people were still like, out and about because so far like nationally there were like 10 cases of COVID-19 people thought it was like Ebola you know uh like it would be contained and it'd be fine how wrong and naive we were but yeah no I remember like throughout spring break we would go on walks with my family and bike we we didn't go out anywhere but that wasn't like due to COVID it was just like we didn't we didn't go out but yeah then the world helped organization was like yeah that's not ebola um and then on i remember it was march 17 that my school was like hey we're gonna have an extra week of spring break and at the time i was like yeah cool 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 because actually that night i was like dreading going back to school and there's first my isd was like here you go so that was fun but then i was like after the two weeks after another week passed i was like okay this was fun and all but can i go back now and they're like, no, you can't. Here's a bunch of assignments to do from home. Uh, have fun. And back then, since it was like March, just a spur of the moment thing. In fact, teachers just like created assignments and sent them to us. So there was no like concept of Zoom classes and whatnot. So it was just me sitting at home, you know, doing schoolwork, which wasn't terrible. I don't want to say that it was. I was extremely privileged to be able to, you know, live in a house with my family and be completely healthy. It was just... A change of pace and I think that's kind of what affected me the most but I I was definitely mad because I was in eighth grade and our eighth grade graduation was supposed to be really fun it ended up being a slideshow of all of our pictures my picture wasn't even that good I sound so salty I promise I'm I actually am I don't know because I feel bad because people lost their lives you know <laughs> And I don't want to make light of that situation because of how dire it is. New York, I was actually really lucky to be living in Texas at the time. I mean, I still do, but New York was hit super hard. So was LA. We'll get to LA. LA kind of. Mm. Okay, so my thing with LA is that 
I'm sure the civilians living around the area of Los Angeles and California or in California in general are upstanding citizens that are doing their best to prevent this spread of this deadly virus. But there's just so many celebrities and influencers and TikTokers out there that think they can just go out to Saddle Ranch and click their boots and, you know, just make the pandemic disappear because, oh, they have a following and they can do whatever they want. Like donating to a charity and promoting wearing a mask and then not doing so and gathering is not what responsible leadership on a platform is. I don't know who needs to tell Bryce Hall this, but no, you do not need to go to another restaurant and get into a fight. No one asked for it. Just, sorry, okay. It's just that I don't get it. You know, I really don't. I understand the need for content and keeping up your social media presence is an integral, an integral, integral, integral part of your job. But that does not mean it's okay to flout government re restrictions when a pandemic is going on. Like, I know people have said the word pandemic way too many times in the past seven months, but it's they're correct in doing so. What? Who's going to get it in their heads? Let's just take a moment of silence for the fact that Noah Beck needs to have his little Instagram moment, you know, and just spread germs everywhere. Moment of silence right now. That's it. I, I'm i not going to talk about this anymore because I, I don't want to go on a tangent. This is not what this episode's supposed to be about. But yeah, I just wanted to get that in there. And that brings us to around summer vacation. Yeah. Okay, but actually I don't like summer vacation that much because I, it's pretty, like sometimes we go places and stuff and that's cool. Like I'm really grateful we can have vacations. Um, but other times when we're at home, I have nothing to do. I just, just sit at home. So that's not the most fun right but i think what i liked about virtual school in march was hey i have so much free time like i have the flexibility to do whatever assignments whenever i want uh and i didn't exactly have like our assignments weren't hard in any sense of the word at all like they were super easy so it wasn't even like i had any difficulties learning um at that point it was practically summer vacation with like an hour of schoolwork every day, maybe, you know, if it was a hard day. But the rest of the day, it was um, kind of fun, actually, because my my brother, he was uh, in preschool at the time, and he would have his assignments, and sometimes I'd help him with those, or other times we'd just watch TV. Uh, so it was pretty fun. But then, I, like, a month went by, and I was like, okay. Because at that point, it still hadn't, like, sunk in to me. Like, oh, my God, you know, this isn't just vacation at home. This is quarantine. So I was editing, and in the next clip, I kind of talk about COVID-19 and how, in quote-unquote, interesting it is. Um, and I was realizing, listening to it, I sound really out of touch. So I just wanted to offer a quick explanation. In this, I'm just trying to say that COVID-19 has been just such a, like, we didn't expect any of it to happen to us. And it really is interesting considering, you know, how it's changed our lifestyles. 
I don't want it to come off as me being like, ooh, like it's a new experience and kind of, I don't know, just, just I don't want to seem like I'm making a situation out to be something it isn't. I was just kind of talking about a different perspective as to what COVID-19 was to me and maybe to other people. So I hope that makes sense. Okay, I'm going to shut up now. COVID-19, for example, is probably one of the most interesting, I mean, to everyone, because it's a global, like, it's just changed the way we live our lives, you know? No one shakes hands with anyone. Like, it's some simple greeting, like shaking hands has been abolished. People don't go out of their house without a covering over their face. I was thinking, like, a mere eight months ago, the way we live right now would have been looked upon as like aliens. Coughing in anyone's general direction is like breaking a law. Grocery stores have dots that make people stand six feet apart. People don't follow them, but it's a whole different story. But it's just so baffling to me how much my life has changed in these past seven months. But yeah, what I was saying is like not many interesting things happened to me. And so this whole COVID-19 thing has definitely been an eye-opener. I feel like, I feel like maybe that's why I, you know, have this policy of, hey, looking forward in life, because if I look back, I'm scared I'm going to miss anything or miss something, you know? But yeah, and then maybe it's a way to make life more interesting looking forward, more spontaneous and funny. I feel like around other people I kind of have an obligation to be like a larger than life version of myself and to always make someone laugh or say something witty because I I create these like interesting moments in life you know yeah which I don't know if that's bad because I like making the most of any social interaction but sometimes like I don't know how to turn it off like for example when I was eight or nine I wouldn't say I was shy, but I still wouldn't talk to many people in my school. Like I had one or two friends, like my close friends, and that's the only people I would talk to. And so I, when I moved to a new school in fourth grade, I didn't know anyone. And so I had to talk to everyone to kind of see like who I liked and who I would blacklist know. But I, and then from then on, I realized that my name Ananya means unique. And I realized that I'm really not, you know, there's 7 billion people in the world how am I different and actually that little fourth grade me that actually kept me up a lot because I would think I we read a lot of like biographies and stuff in fourth grade and I realized just how impressive people are and then I kind of set out to be a more impressive version of myself because you know people wouldn't remember me if I wasn't smart enough or funny enough or athletic enough okay the athletic thing really backfired but or just interesting, you know, people wouldn't want to be friends with me. And from then, I think I've really just adopted a persona of going into every conversation and being the center of it. Well, not the center, but that makes me sound like an attention craving, like maniac. I mean, I do love attention, but not to a point of making myself the center of everything. I just, I like to go into a room and have an impact on it, you know? And I don't know if persona is the right word because I'm not saying that's not who I am. It is. It's like turned into who I am. Before, I would go and talk to people, but not unless they talk to me first. Um, But now I've kind of made it a point to instigate conversation because how else will they remember me? But yeah, due to COVID-19, that's I always get really scared people are going to forget who I am. Uh, Even my friends, which is like a really paranoid fear. But I think that's well, I hate snakes. That's probably my number one fear. 
actually number two my biggest fear is being forgotten like no one remembers who you are uh yeah like you're just people don't think you're interesting enough and that's why the biggest insult someone can call me is ignorant or boring uh and i think i strive to make sure that no one thinks of me that way and covid 19's really made that hard because you know stuck in the four walls of my room the only person i have to impress is myself and i realized i'm not that impressive of a person like the fact that i choose not to work out when i clearly have so much time in my day but i spend it watching youtube or scrolling through amazon for no reason it's not like i want to buy anything it's when the only person you have to impress is yourself it's so much harder because you realize that you're really not that great of a person and it's humbling it's not humbling it's like i knew i wasn't that great of a person already it's just it's weird because like how you see yourself lowers so much and throughout this seven month phase i think the way i saw myself has drastically changed before i was like I had a very surface level view of myself, but like just living, you know, with three other people and just having to interact with them on a daily basis and just seeing the kind of person I become, I'm underwhelmed and I wish I could be better, but it's so hard to change. I've set reminders on my phone to work out and to eat healthy and to do my homework on time, you know, but then I find myself watching YouTube and scrolling through random skincare brands and and I don't know I thought it would be easier to get a grasp on myself because for so long I have I've I've been able to you know walk into a room and be like yeah I'm I'm pretty funny and y'all should listen to me but I can't listen to myself and that's weird isn't it like think about that that was the beginning at the end of March I kind of or like sorry the end of April I kind of started thinking about all that and I was like huh Wow. Uh, And everyone had that like beginning of quarantine like phase when they would be like, I'm going to better myself. I'm going to be amazing. And I had that phase too. And for like a solid like four weeks, I think. So from end of April to like June-ish, I actually worked out. I did the Chloe Ting thing. I actually, okay. I found Chloe Ting when she was at, I think like 4 million subscribers. So it was like right before quarantine, like February, but I was like, yeah, and I subscribed because I was like, yeah, yeah, woohoo, I'm motivating myself. But then I was like, why not? Because I was in athletics for two years and it, it felt, and I've, okay, I can't believe I'm saying this, but you know, it kind of became part of my routine, like every day to do something active. And while I relished it for the first like two weeks in March, when quarantine started, like, oh, yeah, I don't have to do anything, I realized I got pretty bored, and so I did Chloe Ting, and my mom was like, good job, you're working out, and then I just quit, so, yeah, not the healthiest version of myself right now, I have nothing else to say on that, moving on, okay, um, June, July, and June, July were just summer, it was actually not that different from a regular summer, except we couldn't go to the pool or the beach, well, we did go to the beach, but, like, they were empty beaches so that was fine but yeah we stayed home watched a bunch of movies I think we started Monk which is a really good tv show it's about this detective with OCD Uh, my mom and I started that we just finished it so good eight seasons of absolute bliss and um I think I got really close with my brother which is not that hard considering he he's like five you know but it was fun because 
five-year-olds are actually great. You know, they have such a different way of taking things and just a different perspective that I love. Uh, ooh, we had, we did a bunch of stuff at home. We did this like picnic thing. Meanwhile, the world was going crazy. So while I was living in my little bubble, the stock market crashed uh, because of a recession triggered by COVID-19. And it was terrible. Unemployment rapidly rose. In fact, it actually, this is what, like July-ish? Well, okay, the crash happened on March, right? But people started getting employed, un- unemployed through eight, from April, May through June. Uh, April, May, and June, that's when like unemployment really started hitting. And it was hard. Um, I know many, like I have my mom and dad have many friends who lost their jobs and it was like really sudden. Um, no one kind of saw it coming, but yeah, that was a pretty big part uh, of this year because a lot of people were job searching and that was definitely difficult considering we were in the middle of a pandemic and not many jobs were open. Uh, around the same time, Black Lives Matter protests really started rising due to the deaths of Breonna Taylor and George Floyd um, in, you know, the systemic racism in America was kind of put under a microscope. Uh, it was scrutinized by, on a global level. It, while Black Lives Matter protests have happened beginning 2017, you know, 2020, I think was the largest, uh, togetherness I'd seen in people because they were completely peaceful protests considering we were in the middle of a pandemic we had to they had to remain cautious and yeah people wore masks and stuff but I I really liked the the visuals of the peaceful protesting I saw and you know it was definitely nothing that people had anything to complain about there were some spots in Michigan that could have been handled better with the National Guard and the rioting and looting. But for the majority of America, there was just marches and there were speeches. And I thought it was a really good visual of how it looks when a country comes together to support a cause. And I hope that Joe Biden really looks at systemic racism because the people came together. They're still supporting this movement. And, you know, I hope, I know it just, okay, it's naive for anyone to think systemic racism can be wiped out through one presidential term because it's rooted in who, in what America is, you know? It's a subconscious, it's a subconscious of a recruiter offering the job to a white guy that's just as qualified to a black guy, not not because, you know, they may have any cruelty in their heart. I mean, sometimes they do, but, you know, other times it's just a sub, it's just the way generations have been raised. And I think it's really important for a younger generation to raise activism about how black people just don't have the same opportunities in America when America is a land that appears to offer opportunities to everyone and a fair one at that. And so that was definitely a national movement that rocked us on a global level. Um, Ooh, Kim Jong-un death rumors. That was really weird. I don't know where that came from, but yeah, uh, on April, um, on April 15th, he like missed events that were like commemorating his grandfather, I believe. Uh, he reemerged 20 days later, but like for 20 days, people were like, oh my God, is he dead? Can I fight North Korea? 
I don't know why I included that. That just, okay, I'm sorry. That was really funny to me back then. I was like, wait, he died? And then 20 days later, he's like, psych, nope. Um, ooh, remember when those Florida teens hacked, like, Elon Musk, Joe Biden, Bill Gates, and Kanye West? I don't know. I thought, okay, Florida is, Florida is one of a kind. Um, I don't mean that in the best way, but a lot of our family vacations are to Florida, but, like, to the beaches and stuff, but honestly, Florida's, I don't know what they run through their water. The oxygen's maybe different down there. I know it's sinking. Maybe people just have like this fight or flight instinct at all times. But a set of Florida teens decided to hack Elon Musk's bank account for this like Bitcoin scam. That was pretty funny. No one lost money in it, but that was still, that was funny. Moving on to a more serious topic, there was a bombing in Lebanon at an airport where 34 people were killed and around 100 were injured. And thankfully nowadays, bombings aren't as frequent, but when they do happen, it becomes major news because we realize as a society how easy it is to still take human lives. And... I, I appreciated the fact that it got such big news coverage because um, back in the era of like 20, 2008, like 2012-ish, you know, 11 maybe, bombings had become kind of, at least on one half of the world, bombings had become kind of an every day or every week something happens and people wouldn't acknowledge it. And so I'm a very strong believer in it someone acknowledges something, they believe it's real. And here in Lebanon, assuming here in Lebanon, acknowledging this bombing is, I think, a really good first step in helping decrease the number of lives lost to bombs. Speaking about all about the bombing, you know, in Lebanon and about various things that have happened this year, like the Black Lives Matter protest, COVID-19, things that have generally led to the worst, which is death, you know, of any other human. And while these things are horrible, you know, and should be contained as quickly as possible or put an end, put an end to altogether, I just feel kind of out of touch, you know, talking about this because I've led a really privileged life so far and I haven't had I've, I haven't have had the happiness of not having to lose anyone that is dear to me or going through any kind of grief so to me my problems are having and having an 85 in geometry or you know not maybe getting cut from a debate tournament but thankfully I have never had to truly feel the grief that the life can throw at me. And so speaking about these things, I don't know how to address them properly. And if it may feel that way to you, it's because I don't. I've never felt sadness. And to be fair, sadness is subjective, right? To some people, some things may be a bigger deal than they are to other people. So far in my life, for example, I think one of the biggest things I would have been sad about is in sixth grade, I 
sixth and seventh grade, I did not get the principal's award because of um, in sixth grade it was banned and in seventh grade it was robotics, both electives. I did not, I got 89 in both those classes, meaning at the end of the semester and that meant I wasn't eligible to get an academic award. And to me, my entire life, academics has been very impro- important. And so not getting that award really, like for in eighth grade, it's what determined me to get the president, like the award in eighth grade. And after not getting in sixth, um, and then realizing early on I'm not going to get in seventh, uh, that really made me feel inferior to others. And I think to me, that's the biggest form of sadness um, I've been through. And I think to me personally, that's kind of the sadness that would affect me the most is that of feeling inferior to others. Um, like I said before, I I want to... I, I want to fit in, you know, and fitting in is embedded in the deepest roots of who we are as human beings. You know, it's more natural to stand with the crowd rather than stand apart and watch it. And so I've, it's living in Texas, I live in a very highly competitive ISD uh, and being dumb is not kindly looked upon you know here being average like the average american kid they're looked they're not up to the rigor of the isd i go to and that's not me being mean or aggressive towards people who learn at different paces that's just me comparing the ideology that different parts of our country hold towards education at least where i live it's a very concentrated Asian population. It's mostly first-generation immigrants coming over from Asia. And in Asians, there's a deep sense of education can take you wherever you want to go because, you know, it's education that's brought them over to this country to start a better life for us. And so education and your studies are a very important aspect of who we are. And that's, you know, been ingrained to me ever since I started daycare. I was signed up for activities and told I was gifted and talented from a younger age. And so to have an 85 in geometry now, and I'm not even like a level ahead in math, like a majority of my peers are, makes me just not feel good enough. And I know what I'm describing is minuscule compared to the to the systemic racism that many Black Americans have to feel or the grief that 214,000 people felt when a loved one passed away because of a pandemic, you know? and Or even of any of the 34 families that lost a person in that bombing in Lebanon. What I'm talking about seems very small and you know if I even tried to compare it to any of those tragedies I would seem very tone deaf because that is a very tone deaf thing to do I'm not trying to say they compare I'm just saying that since I haven't you know I'm very grateful that I haven't felt a loss of that kind this is the only thing I know to grieve about and sometimes that's uplifting and sometimes it isn't because 
I think many people can relate with me when I, you know, talked about grades and how important they are. But when I think like, hey, you know, people are dying. Wow. Whenever I say that, I think of Kourtney Kardashian. You know, I should not, that should, that should not be the first thing I think of. But Kim's di- diamond earrings have left like a cultural impact on my head. Anyways, uh, yeah, realizing that people are dying, you know, and that people have gotten through things like illness and disease and have still become wonderful people that contribute to society lets me know that, hey, my problem's not that big. So what if I'm not in the top 10% of my class, right? But then that ideology makes me think like, okay, what do you mean, so what? If I'm not in the top 10% of my class and the chances of me getting accepted to a good college or increase like decreasing and then considering I live in such a competitive country you know I'm not going to be able to get into a good college because of the fact that I'm not in the top 10% of my class then that will leave me not having a good job and not leaving leading a good life so it's like a very uh transformative spiral because it starts off with good intentions and motivations but then it heads into like okay you can't think that positively like optimism's good and all, but it's not practical, you know. Um, so I I truly try to be optimistic, and I love being happy and looking at the bright side of things. But at the end of the day, it's at the end of the day, it's not going to lead me to a successful life, is it? Not only that, when I realize that I haven't faced any actual grief, the thought of grief scares me a lot like I haven't lost any grandparents or I just don't know how I'm going to deal with it if if anything happens which I really hope doesn't for a very long time but you know not facing anything of any kind of magnitude just scares me for will I be able to face it will I be able to get past it uh when it does come and so with the COVID-19 pandemic I've thankfully not lost anyone that's near to me or through anything uh, like the bushfires or any um, things that I talked about that happened in California and stuff. But I, I haven't lost anyone and I'm really grateful for that. But if I ever do, will I be able to handle it? I don't know. Just another one of my paranoid 2 a.m. thoughts. This election was historic, you know, because a record amount of young people from generation is it x or z i don't know someone please tell me because i understand there's millennials but i don't completely know what they are i think it's i think we're generation x because i heard that conan gray song no that song's generation y it's a good song but i don't think we're generation y i point is whatever generation i'm part of uh it's generation it's gen z gen z That's what it is. I saw those Gen Z for Biden signs. That's what I've been thinking about. Okay, Um, that took me an embarrassingly long time to understand. Uh, Point is, the young people, younger generations, have been coming out and voting, which is great for our country. Record amount of voter turnout, again, great. But the only problem I have with Gen Z and their voting is that it's very unpredictable. Then, obviously, the American elections happened in November, and I've already made an episode on that, so I'm not going to go too deep into it. 
but I, while the election happened in November, you know, political unrest, turmoil, tension. I don't, I love just finding synonyms of words. It's a game I play with myself sometimes, you know, if I'm bored, I try to think of as many synonyms I could to use to describe uh, a certain situation. And I try to make it as dramatic or sometimes as entertaining or as angry, just like I think it's fun, plus it's a good way to enlarge, enlarge, that's not a word. Talking about expanding my vocabulary, and I'm making up words. That's great. Uh, But you ought to try it sometime, you know, if you're just waiting on your mom to find something at Patel Brothers, or, I don't know, waiting in a doctor's a doctor's office's waiting room. Why do those things always take so long? Like, if my appointment's at 3.30 and I get there at 3.25 and I'm waiting in the waiting room, it will be at least, like, 3.50-ish before I get in. Okay, I feel like that's a huge conspiracy. Doctors just in general, orthodontists, surgeons, back doctors, I don't know what they're called. They just, every single doctor there is, dentists, they all take way too much time in their waiting rooms. Um, what was I talking about? Oh, the election, <laughs> right. The election. Uh, tension had been building for a while. It's, I supported Joe Biden. I think he would have, he will make an excellent president. Uh, and I didn't, you know, love all of Donald Trump's policies, but I did like his tax cuts, how they helped out middle-class families. Yeah. And so what... I don't like is is extremism because people hear things on social media and I'm not blaming any kids I'm not blaming anyone I don't want it to come across as just another angry teen trying to vent online because this isn't what this is I'm just I just don't understand because people kids go on social media and they see all of these things right Uh, and they get influenced to think a certain way which is fine. That's how the world shapes us to be. But then they start going ahead and just hating, absolutely hating the other side. Like when Donald Trump got COVID, people were like, I hope he dies. Like, good for him and stuff. Like, it's okay to disagree with people, but it's never, it's no one has the right to wish death upon anyone else. You know, I just, and then they're like, oh, I, um, like, I hope he, I, I don't know. It's, I just think that's really cruel and that scares me as where we're going together as a race, as a human race. It's not just Donald Trump getting COVID. It's people actively talk about dying, him dying or killing him or like people. Um, I, I know the CAM movement, kill all men. It's, it's not like about killing men, you know, it's people just don't like men, uh, which is again, like, pretty big generalization and I understand that like it's satire right uh like some people haven't had the best male role models in their lives again I just and especially when people try to justify that like okay just understand what you did was maybe a little bit of an of a mistake or a little bit of an oversight on what you could have said to make yourself sound more neutral or, or not even neutral just to sound just to have the common courtesy of giving people respect. I feel like that's a really, just something that's missing in society. And this election really brought that out because 
while I support young people turning out, I just, I just, like, for example, on social media, I think I've talked about this, I've touched on it a little bit in other episodes, a couple people, they're conservatives, and that's completely okay, that's their political ideals, if they believe that, then they have the right to do so, and so them talking about conservative ideals on social media, they get so much hate, so many dislikes, people actively just berating them in the comments and but at the same time someone posts themselves in a blue hat and goes biden harris 2020 and they get all these likes talk about bias and how it's important to listen to all ideas how it's important for diversity in our government and for women to have larger roles in power and but at the same time they won't listen to anyone the other side has to say or sorry anything that the other side has to say and i just i think that's so ironic uh, because while I don't agree with the other side, I address and acknowledge the fact that they do have the right to free speech. They have the right to say what they want. And I personally believe that I don't have the right to hate on someone based off of what they believe. Uh, so yeah, but I, and also the last thing I wanted to say is that people do what's trendy and of course, it's trendy to be democratic, but um, it's like for the, I think the month, like late October, early November-ish, a lot of celebrities started posting all these like vote, like go vote, you know, and that's great. Like we need people to influence the younger generations to vote and celebrities have a lot of sway over younger kids. Uh, and so, you know, liberals, or sorry, I meant teens, started vocalizing like, hey, you know, I'm voting for Biden because of his views on climate change or about immigration or healthcare or the economy. And it was great hearing the younger generation of America, you know, input so much. But the thing I'm scared about is that no one cared before a month. And I'm scared that after a month, no one's going to care again. I'm, I'm afraid that it's going to be all the older people deciding where a country's going to go because we've seen it happen in the past. When Donald Trump got elected, the world was outrageous. Flames were shooting out of people's ears. People couldn't stand it. And then after a while, the teens calmed down and the people learned to live with it, which learning to live with it wasn't what's bad. It's the fact that teens jumping onto the trend of being politically correct about and in this term sense of the word i meant like about the government like them caring about the government we live in for a month or so because because it's what's trending on social media uh and you know i i i just think it's really important to have an active knowledge of what's going on and actually now that i think about it i'm i'm thankful that my mom doesn't let me have social media because i think more than the fact that, you know, I have a lot of, like, grown-up stuff on there, but I think she wanted me kind to kind of figure out what I thought by myself. Not that I'm not influenced by media. Like, obviously, news reports, Fox News just yelling at me that Tucker, the journalist, just being like, Donald Trump is good. Cow farts are good. Which, by the way, my cow farts argument is actually... um going to be a future episode about the green new deal so if y'all are interested about hearing uh 
my thoughts on climate change and the Green New Deal and Alexander Ocasio-Cortez, be sure to listen out for that because I have a really special guest for that episode as well. But what I was saying is that I'm obviously influenced by outer, outer forces. That's how all of us are shaped. And so I'm not saying that I'm a completely desensitized teen just living her quirky little life. I'm saying that I've had outer influences, but not as many as regular teen. And for a lot of y'all that are thinking, hey, why is she doing this yearly recap in November? Someone get her a calendar. Someone teach her how to read a calendar because I mix myself up between months way too much. It's actually embarrassing. I've I've been planning out my thing in September. My like I just opened my phone the other day. No wonder I wasn't getting any alerts for what my homework was and stuff. It was all in September. God. But yes, I am doing this yearly recap in November because I have hope for December. And like I've stated before, end that out. I think the last month of 2020 is going to be the best I choose it to be. And talking myself through this and realizing that I have to start impressing myself before I impress others and that it's okay to have optimism with a healthy dose of realism, you know? Um, I'm going to make December something that satisfies myself. Uh, And I know what satisfies myself. Like I said, my academic pursuits, my goal to stay healthy, And uh, I want to read books. I want to read some new books. I have a reading list, like 40 books long. I'm actually doing Rory Gilmore Reading Challenge, which is basically Rory Gilmore is a girl, a character from the TV show Gilmore Girls. And over the course of the TV show, just seven seasons long, she mentions, sorry, uh, 327 books, I think, that she reads. She's a huge, like, bookworm and stuff. And I love reading. Reading's really fun. Uh, so if y'all want to do the challenge with me, I am, I'm not doing it in order, but I'm currently reading Mr. Jekyll and Hyde, and it's really good, but I haven't been able to pick it up because of my unhealthy time browsing YouTube and stuff. So I'm going to make this December the best that I want it to be, and I encourage y'all that are listening to do so as well. Think of what your goals are for December, right? Um... Think of what's going to make you happy. For me, I love December because the holiday times are just so great. I love looking at decorations and seeing lights sparkling outside of my window. It's getting dark so soon that so I have to go get my blanket and sit all cozy at my desk and do my homework. Just talking about it makes me happy. I actually have a holiday playlist that I love listening to during this time. It's full of upbeat holiday music uh, and I can link it in this episode's description. So if y'all want, you can check it out. And I love December, and I'm going to use that as the positive reinforcement I need to get my stuff done. And I encourage you to do so as well. So in the voicemails, maybe if y'all want, y'all can let me know what makes you happy in December, or how are you going to motivate yourself to make 2020 as great as it can be. Because while it's been a wonky year, for those of you who don't know, I love the word wonky, everything... uh 
the light can be found in even the darkest of times if only one remembers to turn on the light. Albus Dumbledore said that, and Albus Dumbledore was a pretty wise guy. I'd listen to him. So, thanks for listening to me about this year and about my experience with it, and I hope y'all enjoyed. As always, feel free to use the link in my description if y'all want to reach out to me and let me know, especially about this episode, if y'all want to let me know how your 2020 was or anything you want to improve. Uh, feel free to reach out to me, and I look forward to our next episode. See you next week on On Record.